Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of A Journey Through Time and Stuff. It is Aaron, and uh, man, it's going to be a weird podcast. I don't have my sidekick here, Jason, with me today. He's actually with his band Naked Luck, who everybody here who listens to this knows. Um, they're up recording an album right now, and their first EP, and it's they're super stoked. So is this going to be me today? I'd like to thank everybody for their continued support. You guys, man, the downloads are still coming in. You guys are still there. We're noticing more activity. Not as much as we would like, you know, with you actually telling us you listen, but we can tell that you listen to the show. So, you know, any support's good support. Thank you for the rating us on iTunes and everything that you got good you guys do there. Um, yeah, anyways, so our uh, the guest here today is a good guy from um, the Portland music scene, a musician. He's in the band Earth to Ashes, and I'm sure we're going to get more into everything that is this awesome man so Matt Dorado will be up in a second and uh yeah I hope you guys have had a safe Halloween it's a November already this is this is crazy man this year is going by so fast and it's almost 2018 so you know it'll be a good time anyways um, yeah, we'll kick this thing off and I hope you guys enjoy. Yo, everybody, today we be out here kablogging with Shiz Naughty. Shiz, how you? Shiz be good. Shiz Naughty ready to party. We got Captain Kablog out front giving away lollipops to all the little ruglets and shit. Not gonna talk about it though. I'm gonna be about it. Kablog! Fix your shitty car. It is the goop that's super smart. It is an art to watch it start to move a rusted sticky part. Snake it at your local mart or bar it off your workmate's cart. Kablog's a spray that's used in ways can save you from your fucked up taste. Squirt, squirt. Let's go. Now we are two pros that know how to fix problems we face on the road. Kablog is sick. It will unstick or restick the Kablog trick. She's naughty. We don't stop the party. Are you tired of this fucking podcast? Do you need a break from our shitty voices? We understand. Yo, Album Junkies. Yo. Hosted by Nathan Nelson and Elias Cobb. Yo. Two dudes telling you random facts about albums that you probably didn't even like or wondered why the hell they were even made in the first place. They still suck, but not as bad as us. Welcome to a journey through time and stuff. Time and stuff, yeah. You've never been on a journey like this before. Time and stuff time. Time for the stuff to happen. Time. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another journey, another episode of a journey through time and stuff. My name is Aaron. Um, we have in the house today Matt Dorado. Welcome, Matt. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you been? Good, good. Yeah. Got a. I saw. I was watching on Facebook. You've been doing some traveling, huh? Um, yeah, we actually put in a lot of put in a few trips this year. Yeah, my wife and I. So were you up in Canada? We were up outside of Toronto in this little town called Guelph. Um, mostly, it's kind of like going to Corvallis. It's a college town. They're known yeah. for their veterinary school. Excellent. Um, so we have two friends of ours that we know from here that um, live up there. So we went and stayed with them. And then there's another guy. Not too far from there in this little town called Caledon that uh, I actually met, well, met, quote yeah. unquote, um, uh, on the Satriani site, like mm, 2002, oh, wow. I think. Very cool. And uh, then we met face to face a few years ago at NAM, 
and uh, so he lives up there. So we were, you know, bumped around, met him and his wife, and kind of yeah. had lunch and stuff. And then very cool. Hung out for a few days in Buffalo, where the weather sucked Ooh. ass. Got to go see a game uh, though, huh? Yeah, got to see the game. It wasn't a good game. Well, my Raiders lost, but and played like crap. It wasn't even like a, uh, you know, they got beat. They just beat themselves. But, yeah. Um, and the weird. weather was crappy. So. It's weird too. The Bills are good this year. Yeah. It's surprisingly. Yeah, they lost Thursday. That's true. That's true. They did lose in <laughs> yeah. fashion Thursday. Yes. But. Yeah. I was just like, ah. but you know, it is what it is. Yep. You know, you, I've been a warrior A's Raider fan since like the early seventies. So are you from that area originally? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Originally from the East Bay. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Grew, grew up there in seventies. And so what, uh, when did you start playing music? Um, got my first guitar when I was four. And been playing ever since. Guitar player the whole time. The whole time, yeah. Excellent. Um, then I guess in uh, like seventh grade, eighth grade, right around there, then I picked up, um, just kind of wanted to branch out, you know? Yeah. And picked up saxophone, uh, which I played all the way through college. Oh, very cool. And then, um, you know, it was like, <laughs> if this, if especially in eighth grade when there was like, you know, if the teacher felt, you know, this needs a trombone part. Hey, Matt go learn this trombone part, you know, and then if it needed a saxophone part, you're like, here, go learn this. Yeah. Cool. It needs a piano part, Matt, go learn this piano part. And so it was like the band and then me off to the side. So that was kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's it was awesome. nice to have a teacher that was, um, you know, accepting of that. Yeah. Kind of, you know, wanted you to kind of excel. Sure. And, and branch out and see, you know, kind of where your chips lie. Learning that, you know, the more music one can put in, the better they'll be in the end, right? Yeah. The yeah. The better of a musician yeah. they'll learn be. Yeah, yeah, he was a sax player, and um, he played piano. He went to the local college there. Cool. Um, just a cool kind of hip cat, you know, so that was nice. Wow, so you grew up the, in the Bay scene in the time, huh? You know, it was a good time to be in the Bay Area. Um, you know, like sports-wise, you had, you know, the trifecta of the A's winning the World Series. You had the Warriors won the championship in 75. You know, the Raiders won it in 78. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, once high school hit, you know, you had the whole, um, you just like the thrash scene came out. Yeah. So you had, you know, Metallica and Death Angel and Testament and Exodus and, uh, Fungo Mungo, DRI. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and these are all, you know, people that you would just see, we'd go to metal Mondays and, you know, just be kind of hanging out. You'd be there in a head field and walk in and yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. You know, and then like I took I took lessons at the same place that Cliff took lessons, so I'd oh. see him every once in a while. Um, wow! And then, um, you know, I mean, even just music through that time, you know, those uh, you know big Bill Graham era. So mm. you know, even you had you know, a lot of the commercial stuff. You had you know Journey and Santana and um, uh, a band that I really like. They're actually out of L.A., but um, Tierra, um, and um, there was just tons of music around. Yeah. You know, the Escovito family sure. with Sheila E. And, and her dad and her brother. And, you know, there's just tons of music in the Bay Area. You know? Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, it's always been one of the, <clears throat> if I could have a time machine and go back <laughs> and just see where music starts, man. California yeah. in the 80s, dude. It, yeah. Early 80s. It would have been. Well, yeah. And then, you know, you know and yeah. watching it go all the way through. I mean. Yeah. And then know. you had all the stuff in L.A., you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the, all the stuff on the strip and all that that was coming out. The glamour side of stuff. Yeah, yeah. sure. With, you know. You know, and seeing where, you know, you know, with the start, you know, with Randy Rhodes and, you know, yeah. Quiet Riot and, sure. 
you know, Lynch and Van Halen and, sure. you know, just all those guys were at and all those guys, you know. It, yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah. It's, yep. Yeah. yeah, Rudy Sarzo, guy, bass player for Quiet Riot, did stuff with Ozzy. I, I've listened to a few other podcasts with him on and stories of him talking Soup, about yeah. that. And, and just a great guy. We Rudy, had him, he's amazing. We had him um, at a festival that we put on a couple years ago and he was, it was him and Tracy Guns and okay. uh, a couple of guys that Tracy's playing with now. Um, and I was a little nervous, you know, just kind of like you didn't know how they were going to react. Sure. You know, and uh, and they were great. Yeah. Freaking awesome. I mean, Rand, Rudy was just, it was fabulous, you know. And it, even we had some things where we had to move some stuff on stage and whatnot. And we actually switched them stages. And I was just like, you know, it's this, this, and yeah, that all right? And he's like, yeah, man, you know, whatever. We just want to play. And I'm like, sweet. Excellent. Yeah, they were really cool to hang out with. Awesome. Yeah, you, know, you always have horror stories of <laughs> of the over pretentious. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, those guys yeah. that uh, ask for too much in their backstage room and yeah, you know. yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Without mentioning names, we had one here last week. But oh, anyway, there you go. Uh, yeah, there. I'll, I'll leave it to someone to go digging through who that <laughs> that's, is. Uh, the that, people who know me know who it is. That's perfect. That's perfect. Well, hey man, before we get too much further, uh, you picked a hell of a record this week. Uh, for those people out there who don't listen or don't know, we uh, we feature a vinyl out of our collection every week. Play a couple songs off of it. Talk about you know music in itself. And um, man, he pulled out uh, Dream Theater's mind blowing concept album, Scenes from a Memory. Um, it's actually Metropolis Part Two. Uh, all based around the original song Metropolis, which was on their Image and Words album. So um, anyways, without further ado, we're going to kick it off. And what you're going to hear is what they call the first track. If you have a CD, it's broken into the first two tracks, um, but it's the overture in the first oh, the first song, man. Here you go. It would be Strange Deja Vu. always been a fan of Petrucci's guitar tone. It's kind of almost screaming, but you, it's so clear to hear still. Yeah, he's he's the reason why I play a Mark IV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. do overtures in their music that they do just that they they have these long running stanzas and themes and these you know melody note notations that they just they intersperse in a different key throughout everything they do 
Yeah, that's it, that's that's why they're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's uh, yeah. Uh, it's uh, I don't know. It's always made me want to write it, and then realize once you get to it, like, how would you even start composing something? And yeah. just remembering and putting every I don't know, man. It's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot of notes to remember too. It's and they they you know they play them perfect every time. Yeah, yeah. But no, I have I have to go back and listen to stuff. How'd that go again? Yeah. Uh, or even how how does that start? How's this song start? Been there. Not only like what's that triplet note in the seven minute point of this eleven minute song we're playing. <laughs> I think we've only got we've got to like ten and a half. We've got, we've got two that's or three a, songs about ten and a half. Man, that's a big song. Yeah, yeah. start of strange deja vu But I miss Portnoy. I'm, uh, I, oh, I yeah. mean, Mangini's, you know, phenomenal. But there's just a groove element that's missing. It's just, yeah, I don't know what it is. I think, I think Mangini's more of a pocket drummer, kind of. Yeah, yeah. You know, technically amazing. Yes, yes. But there's little things that Mike does. Like he'll turn the beat around, or he'll, you know, break. You know, even if it's Four minutes of four four. He'll break it up into smaller segments yeah. of odd times just to get to move the beat around. Right, right. And That's he does. A, I do miss. He does a lot of you know taking the the snare off the three and throwing it up to the two and then yeah. back to the three to the four and just like making the beat the whole measure seem longer within the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's funny too, I've heard people say it about this album in particular that he does overplay and like tries to fill a lot of stuff. When you go to some of their later albums, when like Systematic Chaos and things like that, when they were kind of shortening their songs and doing a little more metal, I honestly miss the flurries. He kind of fell yeah. into a pocket at that point. I'm like, where's the, where's the early 90s mic? Right, right. You know? Man, the bass lines, how they in the background of all this. Just, as a bass player, I hear it and I'm just <laughs> John, my own man. It's yeah. amazing. Like 
and this one how there's that little extra beat yeah. they put in. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's great. It, I honestly appreciate when there's you can't beat bob your head to it the whole time right, straight right. through. I appreciate that. And here's that. Here's Mike turning the beat around on yeah. the snap. So good. Yeah, I know when, when we're writing, you know, I'll send our drummer like, hey, so what I'm thinking is kind of like this part in this song. You know, do something kind of like this. Yeah. You know, and it's always like some sort of dream theater reference. Always. <laughs> a feel like that. I, I don't think that's overplaying. I think the song needed that. Even, but even like that last film, it's like you, you'd expect it to like, it's like just the very end. Yeah. You know, a big space because of this film. Yeah, man, Dream Theater every time. <laughs> I, I, so this album came out in 99, and I was in eighth grade. And I actually did, I, I didn't know it at the time. I learned about it, Dream Theater during their Train of Thought album, which was like 2002. That's, that's where I picked them up. Yeah, and I was like, what is this metal? <laughs> like, and, and it was crazy because in, in Train of Thought, um, their mix and it's actually that's actually my favorite mixed album dream thing I ever did because they didn't have backing guitars mm. they they mixed it with just john and you know doing all the guitars and then when he would go to a lead they wouldn't have a rhythm guitar in there and so you had uh the keyboards doing a lot more and then the bass was in like in there and you could just hear like these these rolling just the john my own nasty bass lines and I was just, you get the mix of everything in that album. And then upon hearing that, you know, you go back and look at everything that they've done before. Right, and right. so you, then you start listening to, you know, this album and, um, I mean, you know, images and words and you start going into these albums and you're like, I, I remember like, uh, it, it was almost so like it wasn't re i don't know it, it was almost I, it took years to contemplate it you know to actually understand the the complexity of it even though being a music fan like every it was i mean for years and years every time you listen to it something brand new comes out of it right you're hearing a different layer you're hearing a i don't know yeah, man just the the interplay between you know yeah different instruments yeah because i came in about the train of thought time too and then i mean i remember when Images and words came out. The pull me under was the, the pull single. me under was yeah. the single, and then, um, about that time, that's like about the time I went back to school. Um, so I was really listening to more classical and to jazz and that yeah. kind of stuff. And then I guess we moved up here in '94, and 
Well, I didn't really listen to hardly anything. Right. Um, for a long time, I didn't even play, I didn't play my guitar for like ten years. Oh wow. Um, eight years, I guess. Um, and then uh, it wasn't until I kind of went back to college in two thousand two again. Yeah. Yeah. For the third time. Um, hey man, then, never not learning that. <laughs> you know, then I started playing again. Um, and then that's when I got into train of thought, and I was like, "Holy shit! You know, this is awesome." And then you, of course, you listen to the back catalog and like, oh my God, what the hell is I doing? You know? Yeah. Where, how did I miss <laughs> yeah, this? Yeah. How did I miss this? You know? Because, I mean, you think, you think of that time period and it's, it's stuff that I know. And up here, it's like sacrilege to say, you know, you don't care for Nirvana and you don't like, uh, I, uh, you know, what's the, what's the other one? Um, the other, uh, Alice in Chains or any of those yeah, guys? Yeah, yeah, Alice in Chains. Stone Temple Pilots? Stone, no, Stone Temple oh. Pilots is out of, they're out of California. Oh, true, um, okay, true, yeah, the, yeah, true, true, true. Which which I just learned recently. I was like, <laughs> the only grunge band that I like from this area is like Stone Temple Pilots. I'm like, they're from San Diego. I was oh, like, wow. oh shit, no wonder I like them. Um, no, the, 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 god damn, the band that sings Jeremy. Oh, uh, Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't like them either. <laughs> yeah, I, I, to me, it's just, it, it's it's good for a while. Like I can listen to Alice in Chains for twenty thirty minutes, sure, and then I'm done. I'm yeah, like it just bores me. Yep, yep. Um, and you know, like I said it's sacrilege around here. I've had long discussions with people up here. Just you know, I'm not the I'm not a Nirvana <laughs> fan either, man. I I it's I boring. Yeah, I agree. And you know, props to the, I guess, kind of music direction they pushed or helped push but it, mm-hmm. it was kind of already happening before them anyway they just made it really accessible and mainstream and yeah. had that but i like other than just where they took music to this weird grunge spot for a while i don't i don't like i you know i don't know man they're just not that yeah. appealing and yeah. you know um same with Pearl Jam, I can get down a, a little more too. I just wish Eddie Vedder could sing better. <laughs> like that's really it for me. Is yeah. just if he could enunciate his words better. <laughs> yeah, there was one. The whatever I remember what band it was that um, Chris Cornell sang for, but I liked him by himself. Great voice, Chris. Love that yeah. guy's voice, man. Yep. Um, but I liked it better it was just him and an acoustic guitar. Oh yeah, that was that was phenomenal. Yeah, but. You know, Temple of the Dog and the Soundgarden. Soundgarden is like, eh. Yeah, you I know. tell you what, the my favorite Chris Cornell of anything he did was with Audio Slave. Okay. And and you know yeah. he was a little more matured in his, his sound, his voice, and he wasn't. Tr- I mean, you know, he's playing with the Rage guys, so yeah. it, you know. It, but they wrote really. I mean, that was that was my favorite Cornell kind of version. Yep. Um, but when uh, so. You you said you moved up here to Portland in ninety four. Yep, January um, ninety four. So were, were you playing music before that? Or did you give it up for the yeah. move or what? Um, How'd yeah, you get so, into like a band? <laughs> I mean, um, well, I mean, I played like I said all through. You know, since yeah, I was four. sure. So different bands through high school and whatnot, right after high school, cover bands and things like that, or um, doing original no, it was stuff. All original then, stuff. Too? Oh, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Um, and did well. I guess one kind of pseudo cover band that i did i even played in um uh, a friend of mine that was portuguese and so we'd play um brazilian jazz and some traditional kind of more portuguese music at the festas um and so we do that and that was good money oh yeah um but uh you know so that was pretty fun interesting and i would i would sing like half the songs so i had my lyrics all written out phonetically and um 
you know, people would come up to me and start talking Portuguese. I'm like, dude, I don't speak Portuguese. <laughs> They're like, but you were just, I was like, I know, I know. You know, you go talk to Angelo. He's, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's the one that, um, you know, speaks Portuguese. Um, but so I did that. And then, um, you know, I, I played in this band called Devotion. And it was, that was probably down there. It was probably the biggest band that I was in. And it was more of a Latin jazz, Latin rock kind of band. Cool. Um, we did a bunch of stuff, you know some bigger festivals in the San Francisco area and, yeah. um, you know, down in Gilroy, which is, you know, big Hispanic population down there. Um, and then just kind of had a, had a, you know, typical band shit, you know, That's had it. a fallen out. Yeah. We had a gig and the other guitar player was like super late. And I, I was the youngest by far. I was only like maybe 22. Okay. And the rest of the guys were all mid thirties. Sure. And so I freaking read him the riot act and he didn't like this little kid. You know, he's like, well, you know who I've played with and this and that. And I'm like, well, you're playing with us now, dude. And you're freaking 45 minutes late and that shit don't fly. Yeah. You know? And after that, it just, went, you know, and, uh, but that was, that was a good solid band. Um, like, you know, just, it's a good solid group. Yeah. You know, it was like seven, you know, I think it was, we were seven guys. Horns you know, so, and had all this stuff in there, um, or no? Percussion, you yeah, know, a couple percussion people, and you know the drummer, and you know had a great bass player, you know R.I.P. Vince, you know he passed away a few years ago in a car accident. Oh no! But um, you know he just he had it was just I don't know it was just a good solid band. Yeah, I that, just liked it. You have those, yeah, man. yeah, cool. And then and then um, kind of after that is when I about when I decided to go back to school. Um, I had gone once for architecture and didn't really like it. And then I finally decided I'm just going to go back for music and get yeah. my degree and, um, did a couple of years at junior college, you know, and then, um, met my wife there. And when we we're done, it's kind of like, well, what now, you know, we went and talked to our teachers and they're like, well, for, you know, the kind of stuff you're into long beach state, Eastman, Washington state, you know, and we knew a couple of the, professors at washington state and one of our professors had gone there and i was like well he woke up on a saturday what do you think about moving to washington <laughs> okay you know, cool we packed up our shit and we left you know and yeah we figured we'd live here for a little bit for a year get our residency and then um uh move over and we just never left and so we spent like, two years in Vancouver, and then everything we did was in Oregon. Right. And so we moved to Oregon, and just that was, you know, yeah, twenty three years ago. Yeah, I, I love it here, man. I've, I've this is fourth year here now for me, so I love it here. Yeah. It's, it's I mean it's a good mix. You know, you can get like areas like we live, and you know, outskirts. It's small town feeling. Everybody yeah. knows each other. Real communities, and yet. 10 minutes and you're downtown if traffic's okay <laughs> yeah, 30 right. minutes if it's an <laughs> yeah, afternoon yeah, but yeah. but and, you yeah. know you can get whatever you can pretty much get whatever kind of thing you feeling like getting yeah so we're out west side suburbia so oh yeah there you go with all the intellites and yeah that's yeah the good the, the good part yeah i guess yeah yeah so when do <laughs> when do you when did you get or earth to ashes start for you Earth Ashes started January of 2010. Um, okay. And it was originally um, me and uh, Angelo and my friend Rochelle, who was the wife of um, a guy that I worked with. Uh, she's a heck of a drummer. If anybody needs a drummer, um, she's a great drummer. And then um, it was actually 
supposed to be Jason Mosier from Splinter oh, Throne. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And just once again, our schedules didn't line up yep. and you know, this and that, blah, blah, blah. So we decided to go as a three piece for a while. And then um, um, as much as Rochelle's husband was like, thought he was into having her in a band, da, 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 it kind of put a damper on kind of their life. Cause sure. they, he's a big like triathlon guy, you know? Okay. And so, um, you know, her having to rehearse on weekends and, you know, do shows and whatnot kind of cut into their lifestyle. And so yeah. she ended up leaving and that's when we got, um, uh, Roger and Larry who played with us, played guitar for us for a long time. And then Roger left and we had a couple other drummers come through and then we finally, I guess, three years ago, maybe so when Mark Rainey started with us. Okay. And um, it was kind of funny because I guess Larry Massingale um, had said to Mark, like, hey, you know, if you know any drummers, you know, let us know. We're looking for a drummer. And he's like, well, what about me? <laughs> I was like, well, okay, if you want to, you know, try out. Because we asked, I mean, I asked a lot of people around. Yeah. And I don't think our music at the time was overly complicated. I mean, there are, there are points, yeah. you know, um, I want to, I want to get to that, but in a, yeah. a lot of times it was like, yeah, I, I can't play that, you know? And I was like, really? Yeah. It's, it's not that bad, you know, or not overly, like I said, not right. overly complicated. Um, but we even had, um, I can't remember his name, but we had, you know, who's, he was considered a good drummer. He came in and he, and he had trouble with it. And it was like three measures of four, measure of five, three measures of four, measure of five. And man, that measure of five just kicked his ass. And, and wow. I'm like, yeah. And it, I don't know. Like I said, I don't, yeah. I don't think it's anything, you know, crazy, but, no. um, but yeah, but Mark's a big rush fan. And so, you know, we can, um, here's those. Yeah. He hears it better. Um, and he's the guy's a machine, you know, we actually did, we had a live recording and um a studio recording and i was putting the the live visual over the studio audio and i barely had to i had to move a couple places where the time got off sure. but for the most part the time was the same oh wow yeah beautiful and yeah and i'm like holy shit because that hardly ever happens it's always a little bit faster when <laughs> sure, you play live sure no his freaking time was just spot just on. hears that tempo yeah, and it's man. Just where it is you know? I, I love the human metronomes man i yeah i, I feed off of those guys yeah i mean when we record we don't re we don't record to a click track or anything we just go right off of him and it's there it moves a little bit and there's a couple places on this when new cd where we've heard it like oh this second half is a little bit faster but yeah if i Right, yeah, that's um, a human element. That, absolutely. Um, so, do you, were you, so because I, 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 you know, I've heard a, some of your most recent stuff that you guys have online, and um, listened to uh, some of, some of your songs, and um, I, I actually really approve. Like, you guys are. I mean, would you call yourselves just a rock band? Would you? That's what would I you, say. Okay. I say it's we're we're a hard rock band with progressive elements. Yeah, because I would call you progressive, but I would call you guys progressive rock. In in the way that kind of you have, I don't know, some of these, you know, not like Rush or Dream Theater or like tech proggy stuff, but but you're doing, you know, time signature changes, you're mm -hmm. doing key changes. Mm -hmm. You guys have elements that take out of mainstream polyrhythms and and it 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 almost is too 
it's too progressive for me not to say it's progressive. I don't know. Well, and there's left turns. Yeah. What Angela calls it. I love know, it. Yeah. It, you know, you'll have one set of theme and all of a sudden it goes just bang, it's off in a different direction for a while and yep. then you know, it'll come back. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. You know, everybody's, you know, we, you got to label it. <laughs> Isn't that the hardest and, part? Yeah. Yeah. You know, usually that's what I, but that's usually what I say. Yeah, it's a hard rock hard band rock progressive with progressive elements, elements yeah. and I we like actually that. sing. I, oh that's yeah. That's the other thing. That is, that is the you thing. Know, when, Harmonies, man. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I, and, that, and that's been the, you know, even when I've talked to people who know I play in a band for years, you know, it's like, well, I, you know, if you listen to it, well, no, because, you know, he said it's kind of a, you know, metal bandish. And I was like, yeah. I go, do we actually sing? Oh, I didn't realize that. And I was yep. like, yeah, listen to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's beautiful stuff. It it, act, it blew me away, man. And you know, not having heard your stuff before and going through your cat, it, it it's it's awesome stuff. And the news, the new stuff is even. I think you know, people always say this is the best stuff we've done yet. Um, but the I I think these songs that we're doing now, um, you know, are are some of the better songs that we've written. Yeah, and it's more. These ones are probably less progressive than that we've done total. Um, it's a lot of it's a lot of four four. Yeah. Um, but you know you can do so much with inside of a four four beat that <laughs> and and really play with when you know the off beats are and yeah it it makes it fun. So um, but so we're just wrapping up trying to wrap up vocals here soon. So hopefully hopefully it'll be out. You know, by the end of the year. But awesome. If not, I think probably end of January. It was supposed to be out in June, but you know. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Well, it just it. I got really frustrated with just my playing, and I just I put the guitar down for a couple months, didn't play at all. Kind of got back to the music side. Um, kind of delved in. I was listening to a lot of like Steely Dan and yeah. know, stuff like that. Um, and just was like getting sheet music and looking at the sheet music and seeing kind of things that they were doing. Um, was it a creativity thing? Was it I, a, uh, a little bit? Cause I was getting to the, I mean, the songs were all written and so I was just kind of, you know, trying to do the, some of the solos and stuff. Sure. And you just, you get to that point where you're like, Oh yeah, I've done that. Oh yeah. I heard that. Oh yeah. I've done that. Oh yeah. I've done that. You know, okay. there's that lick again and you just, you're not pushing yourself. Yeah. Um, and so I figured, you know, I just maybe I just need a break you know, and do something else and That's kind healthy. of different ideas. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I actually talked to, uh, um, what's his name? Andy Timmons about it. And he said, he kind of did the same thing where just, you know, sure. you had to take a break and kind of, you know, go in a different direction for a little bit. Then you kind of pick it up and some of that stuff kind of sinks in and yeah. you feel a little bit better about your playing. You, 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 you almost kind of have a fresh set of ears mm-hmm. coming yeah. back into yeah. it. You know, yeah. um, I, I noticed that myself. I did that recently with my bass playing. Um, what, uh, so you guys, are you all, I mean, your, uh, your influences for the music as, as a band, are you guys kind of all from the same? No. So yeah, cause no. I was, that's what I was wondering. Where um, they... yeah, I think Mark is really big Rush fan. Like Rush yeah, fan yeah. Big Rush fan. Um, he likes still probably more of the straight ahead rock stuff too. Um, even now. And then Angelo, he's, I want to say he's four years older than me. Um, so he has more of a seventies influence. You know, he really loves like, uh, um, you know, big, huge kiss, fan. huge kiss fan. Um, really? Yeah. Huge. Oh my God, dude. Huge. 
And then, you know, like um, uh, Judas Priest, he's a big Judas Priest fan, um, where, you know, in a lot of the 70s stuff, where through the 70s, I was listening to more um, like the Gap Band, a lot of funk, the Gap Man, Parliament, um, you know, early, you know, Michael Jackson and, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Lakeside and that kind of stuff. Um, and I didn't really even start listening to rock until you know, about 1980. Really? So what were some of the late, like first things like that, well, that struck your, well, your mind? What it was, was, um, a friend of mine, uh, invited me over his house and he's like, he was trying to learn some songs off of back in black. Okay. And he's like, I, you know, I, can you help me? You know, I want to learn his songs. And I was like, yeah, so he's like, fine. And I'll go over there. So he's playing it. And I'm like, you know, listen, listen, listen. Like, okay. It goes like this. And he's just like, dude, that's, I've been working on that song for weeks and I couldn't figure it out, you know? And I was like, oh, this is pretty fun, you know? And then, um, that's also when, uh, Journey's Escape came out. Oh yeah. Um, Good so album. that was a, yeah, great album. Um, and so I, you know, started, you know, I was like, well, yes, you know, the rock's kind of fun, you know, learn that one. And then, um, and then that year we were doing, uh, I think it's almost like a, an eighth grade band standard. We're doing 25 or six, two, four from Chicago. My dad's a big Chicago fan. Um, and so we had that record at home. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so I was, you know, sat down and tried to learn the solo off of that, you know, cause we had the old, that was actually a Chicago transit authority, I believe on that album. Um, so I tried to learn that. Um, and it just was like, Oh, this is, you know, a, again, a whole different world. Yep. Um, and you know, so it was just, you know, kind of got into that side of it, you know, and then, cool. um, and then I guess 82, I went to day on the green and that was, it was like foreigner lover boy, iron maiden, the scorpions. Oh, and then, maiden. That, yeah, that's when I got turned on to maiden and the scorpions. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. And from there it was over. Yeah. You know, yeah, that was maiden was a huge one for me early yes. on. Yeah. And you know, they're probably the band that I've seen the most. Really? Yeah. I, they're on my list. I haven't, I mean, of the, the big ones to knock out, I finally saw Metallica live. That was a mm-hmm. blast. I saw Rush live, seen Dream uh-huh. Theater live, um, you know, I've Bad Company live and 38 Special. And I never uh, saw 38 Special. I would have loved to see they, 38 they Special. They were good. You know, seen, you know, other bigger, you know, Eagles and things like that mm-hmm. and um, softer side of stuff. But yeah, <sighs> Iron Maiden's that one for me that like, Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. That album is a great is, album. Oh man, that and Somewhere in Time. Those two, like uh-huh. everybody loves Night Number of the Beast, and and which is a okay album, but it compared to where their writing went in all their later albums, it's it's almost basic for me. Like right, right. It, it, well, and the, and the weird thing too is that you you have a a big group of us that came in on Number of the Beast and didn't realize there were two albums before that. Sure. You know? And yeah, Fear of the Dark and... No, uh, Killers. Oh, and, Killers. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, not Fear of the Dark, Killers. Um, and uh, what's the other one? Wasn't it just Iron Maiden? Uh, Might have been. Um, yeah. And then, so you had, you know, this whole, you know, the two albums before that, kind of like, kind of similar to, you know, Def Leppard, who, you know, everybody's like, oh my God, Pyromania. I'm like, Pyromania is like the shit like the next to shit album yeah, you know, with hysteria being the shit album, then pyromania. And the two best albums are the two first ones. Yep. Yep. You know, they with, are with Pete Willis. Um, you know, those are the ones that I like, but, uh, you know, so, but I, um, 
you know, I saw them, you know, on pretty much, I think pretty much every tour, except for like maybe the last few where I'd pick and choose yeah. here and there. Have you seen them recently anytime? I, I saw them on the Book of Souls Book tour. Book of Souls, I was wondering. Um, Isn't that I, album I amazing? It's a great album. I was just listening to this the other day. Um, and I skipped them on like the tour that they were on with Dream Theater. Okay. That yep, one. Because yep. I was going to go up and see that show, but then Dream Theater put that ad date at the um um here in town and i was like ah you know 20 bucks to go see dream theater totally stripped down because they had you know none of their stage stuff yeah nothing pure music or 90 bucks to go see maiden i'll go see dream theater this time you know and uh yeah i was totally blown away because it was i I stood you know probably this close to petrucci the whole night (sighs) you know just right in front of him um and that was just freaking killer you know i said and it was just you know, just five guys in their instruments. No, no big elaborate stage thing. No. And was that know. with Mangini? Uh, no, that was that with was Portnoy. Portnoy still. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I saw. That him, was great. I never got to see him with Portnoy. Um, I saw him here when they went on the Astonishing tour. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I saw that one. Oh, at uh, the at Schnitz. The Schnitz yeah. yeah, I was there too. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Actually, we saw. I I knew the promoter, and so I called. Um, I sent Dan an email. I was like, dude, thank you so much for bringing you know, my favorite band to town. And uh, he goes, hey, he goes, if you want, you know, uh, go ahead and pick your tickets now. You know, they go on sale. I think they went on sale like a week later. He goes, you want to pick your tickets now? He goes, I'll um, let the people know and just send them an email. Pick and choose what tickets you want. So I got first pick of tickets. And then he, and I, he goes, how many are you getting? And I was like, I think I was buying like eight. And uh, I said, I think we're getting eight. And then we might go up to the one in Seattle just you know, because, and he goes, those tickets are covered. You know, you Holy so he gave shit. me four tickets for the Seattle show. And then we bought the eight tickets. That's amazing. And that was, dude, that was a hard decision. Cause I'm talking to the, I'm talking to the ticket person <laughs> and I'm like, you know, it'd be really cool to sit right up front, but I want to sit somewhere where it's a good vision, but also good sound. sound yeah. And so we were back probably, I think we we're in like, row l something like that in the middle yep. um and uh she goes this is you know she's this is kind of like my favorite area to sit for a show yeah you know sound wise yeah, um, yeah i was in the center section down on the floor but i was in row yes. p okay you guys you were so close to me yeah yeah i can't believe we didn't <laughs> see each other yeah, yeah and, and it was crazy because like i was kind of back far enough where there wasn't a lot of people behind me at that show you know like the whole the back half of the lower audience state when we were there wasn't even right, filled up right. and so i had no one behind me and so i was like standing up and just like sitting on my seat but like standing up so uh-huh. i could just see everything so good man yeah. blew me away like i i spent some time getting into the astonishing and um you know listening through the whole thing and i know there's lots of mixture i love it well, I, it's it's the, the it's songwriting. Totally, yeah, it's something totally different. And I know that there's a lot of backlash. Just you know, it's not a metal album. And I was like, no, it's not. Um, it's got it's, some it, heavy riffs in it, it's, though. It's just totally different, and you have to kind of. It's more of a soundtrack. It's an epic, you know. Like, yeah, and, and so you have to kind of take the story into account and and all that. You know, kind of similar with scenes from memory. You know, yep, yep. you have you know you have to follow the story. That's um, it. And then uh, you know. But because they got, they started getting very, very metal towards the you know the last couple albums that yeah. Portner was with them. Yep. Um, and so you know this one was, so you know I know they got a little bit of flack on it, but I thought it was a good album. So 
I just don't think, I think that a lot of the flack you hear from those diehard fans who can't let go of the fact that Portnoy's not in the band anymore. <laughs> well, just, and, it, and it's good because you figure it's him and Sherinian are together now. <sighs> Winery dogs, man. No, no, no. Um, oh, 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 Derek, Derek Sherinian. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. What, um, God, what's the name of there? Um, uh, um, uh, Sons of Apollo. Sons of Apollo. Yeah. That's it. Their first track, they put out their, I haven't heard yeah. their album yet, but I heard the first track they released. Yeah, that's it's, good stuff, it's man. it's him and those two. Bumblefoot. Bumblefoot and um, um, uh, Mike, uh, what's, who's their singer? Um, um, oh. uh, Jessica Soto. Yep, Soto. And uh, Billy Sheehan. Yep. Yeah. And Billy Sheehan is just. Yeah. Well, in the wine, you know, come back to the winery yeah, dogs. Yeah. That's, those, those two albums are I'm great. So, I, mean, I am so happy that Sheehan and Portnoy hooked up, man. Yeah. Because I think just this, the, both of them are so kind of wild in their playing, but I mean, refined, but you know, they'll, there's no reserve. Right. In like, if they just want to just do something real fast, and they'll just throw that part in there, and yeah. I don't know, man. It's 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 a pretty pretty amazing level of music that's yeah. kind of happening under the peripherals out there right now. There's so much kind of mainstream garbage that Dude. you wade through, <laughs> and that that I mean, yes, you, 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 yes, yes. <laughs> well, and even even. You know, like I, I try and stay as current as I can. I try. Um, you know, so I'll still listen to, you know, say Octane or, um, you know, and some of the bands on there. And I, you know, I've, I, I went and saw Breaking Benjamin when they were in our town. Yeah. Um, anyway, I can't remember who the second band was, but then they had like Star Set was on there, and I was like, eh. you know, it, it was too for me. It was too processed. Um, a lot of backing tracks. You know, it's like just play your instrument. That's you it. Know? That's it. I want to hear. I, w- I want to know that when one of you guys goes to a solo or has to do something real quick, part of it dips away. Like right. I want to hear right. the right. lulls in the music to know that when you're all are doing it together, it sounds amazing. Right, right. I was actually really surprised. We had we went and saw Queensryche a few years ago, a couple years ago, and they had a little technical w- w- snafu. Which Queensryche? The um, is it with could, J- with uh, Todd? Okay, okay. And then um, they had a little technical snafu, and all the backing tracks went out. And you know, it didn't sound. It wasn't like it sounded bad with just the five of them, you know. But you realize just how much was added, right? You know, um, and it was. I don't know. Not that I felt cheated because I know those guys can. I mean, they. I know they can all play. Yeah, they're players. They're players. So. You know, but I still was kind of like, oh, you know, there's just so much extra that I don't, I don't know. I yeah. I, I kind of like just, give me a, just go up there well, and play your instrument. And, and it makes me wonder too, because you see some of the older bands on tour that, you know, when they were maybe in the prime or shortly after the height of their prime, they're, it's kind of when all the, the real big electronic stuff started happening, backing tracks started happening. And it could have been so easy for them to just adopt that and throw in you know, this keyboard thing that they want to hear all the time, but they don't. And right. so I'm, I'm watching, you know, Rush, for instance, went and saw them. And now I know they're kind of like a pinnacle thing to choose from, but <laughs> they just kind of stick to mind is, you know, no backing tracks at all, man. It's just the three of them doing all of the stuff, mm-hmm. you know, Getty's using his foot for the second layers and, right. and things like that. And I'm like, <clears throat> these guys are in their 60s and 70s doing this this kind of show killing it no no help no backing tracks no nothing and guys half their age like 
why why wouldn't they just want to push it all on you know why wouldn't they want to do it all themselves i don't know i mean and there's something to it i mean it takes you know it's a lot of work to get all that together and well yeah but you have the click in your ear and everybody on the same page and moving with all the other right you know and there are some yeah and there are some you know like i love periphery they don't do really backing tracks but they do play to a click yeah and you know, like all their patch changes and all that kind of stuff happens. <laughs> auto- it happens automatically, yeah, right? You know, through so their rig. Yeah. So there's nothing. You know, the cool thing is they can give you more of a show because they don't. They know I don't have to worry about oh running switching over my pedal, pedal board, yep. switching you know switching a patch and doing this and doing that. Um, so you know, on that on that regard, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, I I think it the one downside is it. It gives you songs that are extremely orchestrated, and it's the same, you know, it's the same song every night, night yeah. in, night out. Right. Which, you know, there's there's positives there's, to that too, but it, it's kind of nice to, you know, change up the set list and change up, you know, maybe stretch the solo out a little bit longer. Or have whatever. a different longer intro to a song. Yeah, and give yeah, you, and just kind of give you a little bit more freedom on I, stage. I, so that, that's like I don't know for me, you know, hearing band, I. I that's what that's my favorite thing in general about live songs and live feel is is the the sense that they have this thing that everybody's there to hear and yet they it's still their song right. and they can like play manipulate it a little bit move it and maybe they want to play it a little you know fast like not just a couple of clicks faster but you know maybe let's speed it up tonight or hey right. let's slow it down tonight or right. I want that in a live song. Yeah. Yeah, in well, a live and, and performance. Songs are they're living, breathing things, you right? Know? I um, I think they should always be changing. I don't, you know, in, in my experience, in anyway, I I I never kind of have a song that I've written or the, my band has written or anything that we go, yep, that's exactly how it's always going to be forever. Right, right. I, and you know, I said I, I understand that side of it. You know, if you have, you know, your you know, your stage show, like, you know, even like the astonishing stuff, you yeah. know, they had stuff that it, that song has to be played this way at this tempo for this long because, you know, we have a video cue <laughs> yep. and, or we have a lighting change and all that sure. kind of stuff, you know, as we're making it a production. Um, so there's that side. And I, I said, I get it, but, um, you know, I, I do kind of like that organic feeling, yeah. you know, kind of being able to move things around a little bit. And that was, and you kind of alluded to it before, but that was one thing I did like hearing about your your band's, you know, music you have out. Like, you you do get that live feel from your guys' recorded tracks. I I, I feel I feel like it. If, well, it feels organic. It doesn't feel overproduced. It doesn't feel like like it it, it the song was your guys' songs were definitely created in. You guys playing them, yes, not in the mastering that was done to what you guys recorded. Right, I want, that's right, what I mean right. to say. And like with with Curse Invoked, it was, um, you know, the there's only there's only five instruments on there. You know, there's no you know whatever's on the guitar that that's the guitar part. Yeah. Um, and we wanted that one. Whatever we did in studio had to be able to be replicated live. Sure. Um. So, you know, you have one, one guitar pan hard right, one guitar pan hard left, and that was it. This one, since it's just me, and we were like, well, you know, we went that route that time, so let's do a little more little more production on this one. Yeah. So there's a little more layering. And I think all the, you know, all the rhythm cart parts are doubled or tripled. 
Um, there's some extra little pieces through, that I through put different in. amps and things like that. Yeah, same amp, same okay. amp, same set. Just, just played beef. over. Yeah, just to give it a little more. Uh. Yep. And then, um, you know, some of the solos I doubled, some I didn't, some I harmonized. Yeah. Um, you know, there's acoustic parts in there back behind some of the slower parts. You know that you won't hear live. Right. Um, you know, so we, we tried to do a little more production cool. on this one. Um, we layered more vocals on this one too. I think, you know, yeah. the stuff that there's, you know, there's no way we could pull off <laughs> unless you had a little choir of people. Yeah, standing yeah, there next yeah, to you. yeah. You know, um, that would be it. Cool, um, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, let's um, let's jump into the second song sure. of uh, the dream, okay. the theater of dreams. I think we wanted to cruise with uh, Beyond This Life, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah, this song, oh, man, this song's amazing. The The main riff that they write in the beginning of this is capturing, man. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the you know, this is one thing that, you know, when we're, when we're writing that I... I have in the back of my head. I don't know if I actually pulled it off yet, but you know, you have that, that theme that they have. Um, and it's like a to C to a flat to G, I think. Yeah. But it's the same theme restated, I think three or four times in different ways. Right. You know, it's really, um, you know, strummed out in the beginning. Then it goes to this really staccato part. <laughs> and then it goes like almost like a half time, you know? And so it's like re just, Redoing the theme, which is, you know, something that you, you know, when you study music, you know, that's something that they, they tell you, you yeah. know, take the theme and restate it here and there, right. but, you know, do a variation on it, whether it's a key change or um, a chord change, it's the same theme, but maybe in just in a different chord. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they do a lot of that, which is cool. It, yeah. This was the first, this was the first <clears throat> album that kind of highlighted to me what real, um, what kind of real musicianship was in accessible music, you know, not, not hearing just strictly jazz or hear like hearing the orchestration and then going, why isn't this on the radio? That was like, and I want to get into that kind of stuff and kind <laughs> yeah. of the, the industry things a little bit after this. Cause John's not as cute as Britney Spears, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's it. That's it, man. Maybe it is. Um, I don't know. Back in the day, he was he was pretty svelte looking guy. <laughs> he was kind of pretty. Yeah, yeah, kind of pretty. And then you have Labrie up front, Pirate Man. I mean, he's <laughs> if he can't be a cover of something, I don't know who could. <laughs> Beyond this life, everyone.
another thing that's amazing about this album is the the storyline. How yes. they're they're so able to make it like rhyming, good flowing lines that tell an immaculate story. such a well, good turn and the cool thing too is like in that last verse they changed the music to fit the words instead of the words cramming it in yeah you know kind of elongate it and kind of accent along with the words it's like man we have a, a, a six syllable word that we have to use right. well it really should be four no it has to be six, six syllables okay let's add Just two beats add two to beats, right. yeah. yeah perfect here's that restated theme again yep. in a different way this is like the third, the third ver- yep. variation of that. already. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Petrucci. Good chaos. And another left turn. Yep. They're good at building the excitement, like it feels frantic, you're anticipating. That other variation over a different time signature. They came back to this and extend this part this time. It kind of 
don't know. It adds so a little unexpectedness to the song. solo off in one key higher than what the main part was gives a little bit of a jump start yeah
Dance has got to be the fourth variation on this theme, I think. Yeah. And the ways they can always find, even with the same notes, it, it, it's, it almost sounds like a different riff. They can just put these twists on them. Let's put the triplet here instead of here this time. That's... So you wanted to well let me let me let me rephrase that. What are um what is one thing that you've always wanted to eat, a type of food <laughs> that you've never eaten but you've always wanted to eat? And on the flip side, what is one type of food that you you're just never gonna eat? Oh Jesus. Um I, I got I don't know. Um you guy, you eat pretty much anything. Um, well, I mean, I have I have shit that I don't like. I I don't like squashes, um, or tomatoes. Oh, for the most part. Um, I mean, I'll I'll eat them like in late tomatoes, like if they're in salsa. Okay. I like red sauce, but like on a sandwich or something. No. no. In a thing. salad, no. No, no, no. Um, uh, like I said, like squashes, and you know. Unless it's like zucchini and bread, that's about it. Sure. Um, yeah, geez, something that I've always wanted to try. I don't know. Could be a w- ex- exotic food. Yeah. Mine's mine's giraffe to this day. I want to. I want. <laughs> I just want some some giraffes. Yeah, man. I, I mean, because I've eaten some like weird things like alligator and rattlesnake and yeah. uh, crickets. And crickets once are actually pretty good. Crickets um, aren't bad. Yeah. Sorry, not crickets. Grasshoppers. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah, I don't know. As far as one that I thought I'd never have would have been sushi, but I actually ate some sushi a couple weeks ago. I was like, oh, "This just isn't that bad." No, um, what, do and my wife's what like, "What kind of sushi was?" I have no idea. Okay. I, I I could ask my buddy Tim and find out. Was it he, a roll or was it? Yeah, it was, okay. Yeah, it was like a roll. Um, I don't know what he got, but it was it was pretty damn good. Um, because I just never had a interests and gotcha. my wife loves sushi she's all excited now like oh my are you God, are go. you a fish guy in general yes yeah, okay. i love fish um 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Never eat again. Yeah, probably just like squashes and shit like yeah. that. Yeah, I don't like that stuff. Yeah, is there is there anything that you just like? Like for me, like I I never want to eat a testicle of any kind. <laughs> you know, like like Rocky Mountain oysters, Rocky, no, or Rocky any, Mountain oysters, like things like um, that. That's one for me that I'm just. I like, don't think. Man. I don't think I would. I wouldn't seek them out. Sure. Um, and it may be one of those things where you you know just it's on your plate and you eat it and you're like oh it's not too bad. And they tell you what it is afterward and you're like oh, <laughs> dude, oh, I just got tea bagged. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty open. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not. It's got to be dead. Okay. I guess that's the big thing. Sure. You know, because sure. you see some of us like they're eating grubs and shit like that, and that thing's and still wiggling alive. around. Yeah, no, 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 no. Man, I tell you what, though, I think I would put like some. What there was this bug I heard about called um, the like Bra- Brazilian honey grub or something like that, and I they're supposedly absolutely delicious, and I think I would pop one of those little suckers in my mouth. <laughs> But I don't know. I, 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 don't yeah. Know. I, I yeah, see it, have it wiggling around in your mouth. How many shots of tequila have I had first? Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the question. Yeah. I think it always ends how, up. At. How drunk am I? Oh. Uh, yeah, cool. Yeah. It, what? Oh. Uh, so you being here around? What? What's your spots in 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 town here? That uh, that because our our biggest fan base listener base is here from Portland. So what's some of your favorite grub spots, man? That you love to discover. Um, my house. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, if we go out, we go probably way too much. We hit this little place called ABV, which is on the west side, um, right between it's between Cornelius Pass and Brookwood. Okay. Right next to okay. Freeway. Yeah. That's a little brew pub. Um, they have like 35 beers on tap. Um, their staff is really knowledgeable as far as like beer. Um, in fact, one of them, there's a, there's a test you can take to be what's the beer equivalent of a sommelier. Oh, um, really? And so, yeah, so he did that. Um, he went to, uh, one of the guys went to, uh, Belgium and Germany recently just to kind of, you know, actually, you know, kind of for work in a way. Yeah. Um, just to drink, you know, just different kinds of beers and whatnot. Um, and they're really good about, I mean, we walk in and they go here, this is what you're drinking tonight because they know wow. what we like. Yeah. Um, but they have that and then they have like, I don't know, three or four coolers of other stuff. Uh, and then they have a few ciders and stuff. Um, and the food's really good. The food, like all the meat, they American get. kind of cooking. Yeah, or... yeah, yeah. It's you know burgers and uh, a few different kinds of burgers, and um, you know they have some pizza and. Okay, um, cool. But like all their meat and stuff, they get from this butcher shop up the street, um, and so you know the meat's all really good quality, super fresh, local, fresh, source. local source, no hormones, blah blah Beautiful. blah. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, that's the um, best. Yeah, so it's um, it's really good. And now they're going to owe me a few beers. Um, <laughs> there you go. What kind of beer guy are you? Um, we've actually been getting into, my wife's a big beer person too. Cool. Um, but we started going with the uh, these bourbon age stouts. Stouts are good Yeah. Beer. And so there's this one brewery, I want to say it's Hellshire, um, makes a really good one. Um, and then there's another one that we really like. I can't think of what the name of it is, but it's out of like Tulsa, Oklahoma or something like that. Um, but yeah, just the, those bourbon age ones, yeah. you know, it's like drinking really great flavored motor oil because they're super thick. That's I mean, it. You, 
you know, and it's funny. You shouldn't be able to see light through. No, it. you should not be able to see through your beer. That's it. Um, that's our motto for sure. Um, but we, uh, it, you have people like we really like Guinness. Sure. And people are like, oh my god, it's so thick, it's so heavy. Well, after drinking these Burberry's. Bourbon aged stouts. I mean, Guinness is like water. It's like a PBR. It's so, yeah, yeah. It's so light, you know, compared to these. They're just so on. They're just so flavorful. Well, and stuff. I, I don't know. I've had and a couple. ABV is like eleven to thirteen. You know. Oh, so ABV, yeah. For the stouts, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. For these shit. ones, yeah. Yep. So you get a couple of those in here, and you're like, okay, I'm done. Yep, yep. Um, All it takes is two, man. When yeah. they're eleven percent. Yeah. I've had a couple of friends of mine who've gone and traveled over, you know, Ireland and stuff, like, and they say the Guinness one Guinness over there is like what cores would be on our taps correct, here. Correct. And that kind of blew me away a little yeah. bit. And, and it's unpasteurized over yeah. there. And, and it and tastes a little bit better. That's what they're saying. It's yes. a little bit thicker, a little yes. creamier. Uh-huh. And and the Guinness and, and they said the Guinness you have isn't what Guinness should taste no. like. And we had some friends from Ireland and when they came here what they wanted was Bud Light. That was like the big thing. Oh my what? God. You get Bud Light? I'm like, oh my God, that's like ass beer. Yeah. But, but it over there it's like it's an import. You know, oh, it's the it's, it's the, the thing, it's, yeah. But wouldn't wouldn't you think that their beer still tastes better than that anyway? <laughs> I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, they're having like these real good German beers and all these things, and Whatever. they're like yeah. Bud Light, Bud Light, yeah, I don't crazy. Know. I wonder if it's more of like a a fad of just being American. I don't know. Huh. They were super excited. That blows my mind a little bit. Yeah, and especially since they could get Bud Light here and it was cheap. Yeah, comparatively. Yeah, I'm sure they're they're paying good import yeah, taxes over yeah. there. Yeah. Ugh. Wow. Yeah, nasty. I, yeah. I can't, I don't like lagers at all. So. No, I'm not a lager person and the Geminale guy. And I, I like IPAs, but man, they, yeah. they have to be, they, I, I, I don't want a light IPA. I want it, I want it some dark hops. I want, I want a, a, a darker style if I'm going to drink one. Mm-hmm. And, and it, uh, yeah. and, and I like a high IBU. I like that bitter taste. Yeah. So I'm not a big on the really hoppy. Yeah, and, and I like mine to be, I like mine to be more smooth, like chocolate milk. Sure, sure, uh, and that's yeah. what I lo- I love about stouts. But for some reason, like if it's like a mid bitter beer, I'm not a fan of it. But mm-hmm. once it gets like this really high hot IBU number, I'm just something about it in my mouth, my brain, my mouth brain <laughs> clicks and just goes, "This is something that you should drink all the time." Huh. And Doing in doing some learning and research, the reason that IPAs exist is because they had to add bittering agents so they wouldn't go bad in casks on boats sailing over, sailing yeah. across oceans. So they would sail out of India with these hops, make the beer, and then they had to bitter them. They were sweet beers, but they had to put this bitter, whatever it is, I'm not sure, can't remember. They had to put a bittering agent in the beer to make it survive the trip. The trip. But then it ruined the flavor of the beer. And so they said if people are predisposed to liking the very hoppy flavors of IPAs, then you are fa- then you probably were a sailor at some point in time. <laughs> and you had to just drink a lot of hoppy, hoppy beers. beers. Huh. Yeah. And it, it's good for scurvy too, I guess. Uh, okay. Not that I know that, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought that was an interesting little tidbit. Um, Cap- scurvy. Captain Bog and Salty. Do you ever hear of them? Huh. They were so you know how um, Disney has the little pirate, uh, Jake and Jake and the Pirates, or something. Sure. Uh, Jake's Neverland or whatever. Okay. Um, okay. That, well, those guys were from. They're from Portland. Um, and they really. Were, they're in the band Captain Bog and Salty, which did like um, 
pirate shows and they did a lot of kids shows or my kids freaking love them. And so we'd see them at the library and they had a song called scurvy. And, um, so in the middle of the song, you know, they were, cause they would always ask, you know, what else, you know, what's on the pirate ship? Oh, there's, you know, cannonballs. And they have a verse by cannonballs. Oh, there's rum, you know, verse by rum. And in the middle, they're saying like, you know, they're bunny rabbits. And then they start and they're like, wait, bunny rabbits. Well, at that point of the show, all the little kids would take bunny rabbits and throw them at the band. It was pretty cool. <laughs> cool. They're, they were a fun band or a really fun. Wow. Band. Yeah. That's, that's rad. Yeah. So if you happen to see, if, if you're driving around Portland and you happen to see bumper stickers that just say scurvy, that's that's okay because of them yeah. i you know thinking of that i probably have seen a few scurvy <laughs> yeah. bumper yeah. stickers eat a lime eat a lime yeah, yeah scurvy eat a lime that's yeah. awesome yeah cool Cop- captain bog and what salty captain bog and salty yeah okay yeah. i'm gonna have to are they doing do, no they're no? just doing the disney thing now okay so. wow yeah, that's way, amazing way better money Oh, of course it is. Yeah, no kidding, man. I mean, I think anything other than trying to actually make it as a band is better money. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, which is... Which it, is a whole other topic. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of... It's it's almost one that, like, do you even want to start down that road? But I think it's, at the same time, like, you know, for, for people listening who are aspiring musicians, they all too well know the struggles of trying to be a band today. And getting, you know, music out there, not wanting to put it out for free, but yet wanting as many people to hear it in right, a market right. where things are free. Well, and the, and I mean, it for a band like us, where we have you know three guys, we're all fifty plus, yeah. Um, you know, and we all have careers, you know, we, we that you know we do well in, and so you know, being able to just pack up and go tour on, yeah tour on the road you know go on the road for three months it ain't gonna happen nope um and you know if you look at a lot of you know i mean metallica is a great example i think they toured for like three and a half years for the black album straight no, no in the early days like, oh yeah yeah well know, i mean i i i before you know through the, you know the early or the late mustaine days sure sure you know, oh yeah they, back that's all they too. did they yep. just tour 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 until they built that audience you yep. know and that's you know the that thing of you know do it while you're young before you know the world gets its claws in you yeah 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 um because yeah it's it's you know now you know for us to do that it'd be tough i mean it's for us to get away for two weeks is about tops right and really how far can you go you sure know, without can, without trying to like fly to a starting point and right Right. spend that kind of money right right you know which we've thought about you know just you know doing like um you know say fly into la and do f- five shows you know do you know la riverside long beach san diego you know maybe anaheim and then fly out sure um and you know we we know enough people where we could get gear while we're down there but still just trying to kind of pencil that all out and you know just to break even you know yeah it's you know, it's tough because we still have to bring, you know, a lot of merch and all that kind of stuff to sell while we're down there. Um, and you just, you know, you just don't know. Right. Well, and then especially being, you know, independent, uh, you guys are independent, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So doing that, I mean, merch is the game, right? Yes. Yes. I mean, if your life shows merch is like, that's, it. that's how, I mean, any, everybody out there, if you're going and seeing a live show. And buy some fucking merch. Buy some fucking merch. Yes. I right now hearing it from the man himself, <laughs> hearing it from me. If you're yeah. if you're going to see it, how now here's even one better for you. If you're going to watch a headlining band and they are 
your favorite fucking band in the world, Black Dahlia Murder or some shit, <laughs> is coming to town, and you have local bands opening for those guys. <gasps> buy their merch. Right. Buy, buy the local bands opening well, merch. And, and it's really important because, um, you know, we're getting, we're losing a lot of venues. Yeah. So yes, we you are. Know, the the bands aren't getting. You know, there's not as much chance to play too. So when they do play, you know, they need they need that extra support. Yeah, yeah. Support your local musicians. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's that's the bottom the, line the here. Bottom, yes. Um. So so do you guys? What do you what do you do for online promotion? Do you do much? Like I mean, other than just the social media streams, do you? Yeah, for the most part. Um, you know, and that again, it's the downside of having you know you know, lives outside of, you know, band. The band. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, if you can, I think if, if you can find, if you have somebody that can manage that stuff for you, that's like golden. That's, um, you and know, who had, knows? Right, right. What's going on. But yeah, it's, you know, cause like for me, you know, in, in our band, I handle all the booking. Um, you know, I write all the music um, Angela writes all the lyrics, um, but I handle all the social media, um, you know, and, and any interactions with any, any kind of written interaction. People. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, you know, that's my, that's what I do on top of, you know, working full time, yep. being a dad, being sure. a husband, you know, taking family vacations, <laughs> and, you know, the whole all, right. Thing, all, all everything else that goes along with it, um, as do the other guys. Um, and so having someone kind of handle that for us would be great. So if anybody's interested in yeah, handling you, our social media, that'd be awesome. There you go, um, guys. And we've had people come in, but then you see some of the stuff that they write. And you're like, dude, you can't say that. Or, you know, um, you know, if, if something negative comes back, you know, you don't have to, you know, try and change their mind. It's like, yeah. okay, hey. They don't like it. They're upset That's it a little is. bit. Yeah, and it's something that even that I told um, my both my kids are are musically inclined. Um, How old? Twenty and eighteen. Oh, very cool. Um, and so my oldest was doing. She was. She's always saying more classical and jazz. She did. She sang with the Portland Opera for a while. And oh, wonderful. Um, but she was doing a blues thing, and she was really nervous. And I was like, "Well, you know, why are you nervous?" And she's like, "I don't know." I was like, do you know, do you know your words? Yes. Do you know the song? Yes. Why are you nervous? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they won't like it. And I told her, I said, there's always going to be someone that's going to think you fucking suck. <laughs> that's it, man. It's just, it's the nature of the beast. So, you know, just take it for what it is. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's part of the game. It's yeah. Just, just part of the game. You yeah. Know? Don't give up kids. Yeah. Keep but it, yeah, it, but it, it, it just, you know, it's, honestly, it doesn't matter. You have, you have to have a thick skin. Yeah. You have you, to. And and that's even something that Angelo and I have talked about where there are, there are people that play music because they like to, um, and it's fun. Um, and then there are people that play because they have to, yep. and that's, you know, it's inside and it has to come out and you have to perform and you have to do that. And that's kind of, you know, where Angelo and I are. Um, I think Mark's kind of, Mark is different where it, he gets frustrated while he's playing, but then if he doesn't play for a while, then he starts getting antsy. He becomes an asshole, and it's like, oh, I, Needs I, to I need to get out and play. Yeah, and it's like, okay, so you know, he's one of those people that says, you know, you have to play in order to keep your sanity, um, and that's definitely where we're at, which is why we're still playing at this, you know, 
you don't think you don't feel yourself stopping no no no, you're you're hooked there's still well there's still you know there's still stuff in my head you know (laughs) beautiful yeah a lot of that's that's how i feel man every every time i'm like what the fuck am i doing still trying to make a band work or still trying to and then i'm like laying there in bed at night or sitting on the toilet shit or something like that (laughs) and i'm like a riff will just pop into my head right, right. or a song lyric or an idea or a hook and I'll go, shit, I have I have to get this out onto strings right now. Right, right. And then I go, oh, that, okay, that's why I'm still doing it. Yes, because it's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely definitely a, a different mindset. Yeah. And and I, 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 that was pretty interesting what you said too about some people who want to play and then some people who have to play. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you... It's it's always kind of interesting to see the guys who have the raw talent who only just want to play. Mm-hmm. They you know they they're naturally gifted. They have fast hands. Maybe they have an amazing voice or something, and they're like, yeah, man, I'm just I'll get around to that again. Or yeah, man, we should jam sometime. Or oh, maybe play a gig every once a month. Or Right, right. You know, they, yeah, and it, and it's it's weird. In fact, there was a guy I saw on Facebook today that he was like, "All right, I'm done. Yeah, if anybody wants to buy my rig, it's you know, I'll cut you a good deal." Really? And um, hold on a sec. Yeah, no problem. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, my Just, wife is cooking. <laughs> well, I was cooking stuff that I normally cook, so she's like, "Hey, what do we do here?" Oh, um, tacos. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I, I, you know, and, and even though when I kind of stopped playing for a while, you know, it wasn't that I wasn't doing, you know, I was doing more like on the composition side, so I still had the music stuff going. I just wasn't playing. You know, yeah. It was more cerebral. Your brain was doing the work, right? Right. Sure. You know, and you know. The other side of that too was that we moved up here and we were fucking broke ass. <laughs> totally, dude. Dude, I feel you. <laughs> I tell the story about. I remember we were we both got paid, paid rent, bought dog food, and we had thirty five dollars to last us for two weeks. And that was food, gas, you know, everything. I don't. There's there's a few of those <clears throat> weeks that I I wonder how in the hell we got through. I yeah, man. When we moved. Me you and, guys moved from Alaska, we right? We moved here from Alaska. Uh-huh. Yeah, me and Jason, who's recording right now, and our ladies who are out there, um, we all moved here together. Um, and we get here, we secured this house. We we you know, we basically were signing papers without ever seeing the house because we were just moving in. And we get here and we have our suitcases and totes, no furniture. No nothing, no tables. Like we were right. in this house and there's four of us with three dogs and all of our stuff and there's not a thing in the house. <laughs> and we're we like, were. we had a bed. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we had blow up air mattresses. It was our very <laughs> first thing were blow up air mattresses for months. And I remember, you know, we, we built a, a TV stand out of, uh, you know, we shipped stuff down and it came in way later than us. So finally our all our stuff shows up and and we had totes sitting up and like, if we have to rotate which tote was on top because the lid would just slowly start collapsing from the weight of the TV under it. So we'd have to be rotating totes all the time. And one day me and Jason were out walking around, um, walking up to Fred Myers or doing something like that. Uh, and we're walking back and we see this couch. Wasn't horrible. 
<laughs> wasn't amazing, but it wasn't horrible sitting on the side of the road. And you know, in people in Alaska or anywhere else I've ever lived for that matter, furniture just doesn't like kind of sit on the side of the road for people to grab with a free sign. Like that's not something that happens. And so we're walking by and there's a couch and it says free. And we're like, like free couch. Like we're like, we can't believe we ran into this. How lucky that someone is ha- not knowing that they do it all the we'll time. It, yeah. And so we're like, I, how are we going to get home? I actually have a whole Facebook page dedicated to free couches on the side of the road. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> there's a whole story to that. But yeah. Okay. That's, that's so if anybody wants to look, look up sacred couch, sacred on, couch, sacred on couch on Facebook. Facebook. And there's just like a bunch of pictures of couches on the side, on the side of the road. I'm there, man. I'm all over it. <laughs> we, so we're like, how are we going to get this home? And so we're like trying to figure out a way. We have no car. We have nothing. So Jason comes back and he has a skateboard. <laughs> and so we pick this couch up and teeter totter it sideways on the skateboard, put the skateboard right in the middle of it to balance it. And we're, we walk it down the road. We cross Fessenden. We cross, cross Columbia with this couch on a skateboard, just manning this thing, pushing it down the road. We had to get it home. But yeah, we, uh, we had that couch for quite a long time, actually. Finally, we were able to upgrade and, you know, get under our feet. But, yeah, man, I still remember, like, pushing a couch on a skateboard, being broke. (laughs) Yeah. it's funny because we had, when um, our, was our second daughter? No, it must have been Tierney's birthday. So, when our oldest turned one, we had moved down to Woodburn. Okay. And we invited a bunch of people up. You know, like, oh, you know, first birthday, la, la, la. And it was like a week before. We're like, shit, we don't have any couches. We don't have a couch. We don't have any chairs. You know, <laughs> people to, coming here. Yeah, we got people coming <laughs> in. You know? We're like, shit, what are we going to do? You know? Um, so we ended up you know, just getting some couches. I think like the rent a center or something. Yeah. Get some freaking couches, you know? But yeah, there's uh, um, definitely some, some interesting times. You know, and it's. It's actually I've I've said that the uh you know, my wife and I moved up and you know, it was just the two of us and we had no one else to depend on. Yeah. You know, and you know, I don't I don't think I really don't think we would be together if we had stayed in California. It's just too easy to too easy to go home, like, okay, sure. first sign of trouble, bam, I'm out. Sure. You know, but here, you know, and you depended on each you, other. Yeah. Yeah. We had no choice. And we actually, we actually broke up for like two and a half weeks, but neither one of us could afford to move out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're, so, you know, we're still in the same house. We only had a twin bed. So the two of us sleep in a twin bed, you know, broken, broken up. up. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then we, we eventually worked everything out and that was, yep. you know, here we are. What is this? Uh, this is 20, almost 20, 2018, man. 23 years later. Oof. You know, but, um, and it's those kind of formative moments, you know, <laughs> that, uh, I, I don't know, define more than just kind of like where you're at, but define who you want to be from after that. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess, you know, it's just, you know, it's bumping the road. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it almost seems like you can't get to, you know, sitting where you're at now. And I think about this a lot. Like if I had made some of the create the decisions on a whim and just done something like that, I'd you you couldn't see yourself at the same place now, well, right? No, no. And even you know, I mean, even for what I do now, I do transportation engineering. And oh. um if you had told me at, you know, eighteen, you know, when you're fifty, you're gonna be, you know, doing engineering, da 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 
I'd be like, dude, you're fucking crazy. There's no effing way. Um, but you know, here I am, yeah. you know, and it was, it was one of those, you know, kind of fork in the road where my wife finished college and she was like, all right, I'm done. You know, I'm on my career path and now it's time for you to finish. And we sat down with the book from Portland state, you know, and just went by, went page by page, you know, and just said, you know, nope, 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 nope maybe nope, nope, nope. Until we got down to engineering or history. Those are the two things. I, man. And, and I was like, ah, I don't know if I really want to be a teacher. Yeah. You know? So maybe engineering might be better just, you know, from a money standpoint. So doing, standpoint. doing transportation engineering, that's like roads, bridges, things like they're like, what, what? Yeah. What I do, I work for Clark County. So, okay. um, I'm in the operations. So we do like, uh, we take customer service calls like, uh, you know, site distance, whatever I do, a bunch of striping plans. Anytime gotcha. there's road work and they need uh, temporary traffic control, I do that. If there's a project and they need to model that the traffic, um, I know how to run. Oh, oh, so you're doing not like you're doing actually in like, tr- like the way traffic moves, moves. itself. Oh, right, okay. Right, right. Oh, wow. Um, you know, and so then I work with, we have a signal group and I yeah. work with the signal group to kind of get that stuff into the different models and um, work with planning to figure out, you know, where the trips are coming from and that kind of stuff. Um, and then. So when people call you and say, man, this light sucks. It never changes I say, I or it changes yeah, too I, fast. I or... say, call Rob Kluge. <laughs> he's, our, he's our signal guy. Um, funny. You know, I mean, if we can answer the question, we try to answer the question. We, we get a lot of questions. It's actually amazing how many people call the county and complain about stuff. Really? Know? Yeah. Oh, dude. All the time. Just all the time. Crazy it, complaints too or what? Um, yeah. Yeah. There, <laughs> there are some. You know, I've had, I had one lady that she... Um, she said, uh, you know, you guys, you guys really need to put in street lights on the street. And I explained to her that the street lights are put in by the developer. And um, she lived in an older neighborhood. And the chances of her getting street lights are slim to none. Um, unless you want to put it in yourself. Right. Um, but the county does not put in street lighting. Huh. I and, didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, she said, well, you know, well, we really need it because it's dangerous and there's, you know, animals are getting hit and there's a lot of dead cats. And she started sending me pictures of these dead cats. You what? Know? Yeah. You know, I'm just like, oh, my God. Um, it's pretty you, metal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so yes, we get some weird stuff and it. It's it's made me appreciate the people at DMV a little bit more, you know, because yeah. they get, you know, everybody complains about, you know, and our postal workers, you know, but they get the same freaking stupid question time after time after time. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, day in and day out. And eventually you're just like, I'm done with these people. Yeah. You know, I am done. I hear um, you. And it, you know, and, and the thing too with, with what we do is, you know, we can, we please half the people and we piss half the people off. Sure. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And the happy people tend to be happy and to go about their lives and the pissed off people will call us, <laughs> you know, so. You but know, then, kind of but then realize that there's still nothing to do and just go on with their lives, but pissed. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Fucking eight. Well, what, um. You know, we're gonna start wrapping this up soon. Okay, we have one more sure. little song to listen to, but real quick, I want to I want to ask you what. So you kind of alluded to four that it uh, uh, that music for you is, um, you know, something you feel, you know, that that you just need to do. You need to get yes, it out. Yes. Um, is 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 that all that pushes you? Or I mean, do you have 
I mean, I guess I'm just trying to like motivation to keep doing it. Motivation for creativity. Like what, uh, what do you, what do you look for? I mean, what do you know? Yeah. Do you, do you like kind of get into, sorry to not you know, trail this on a little longer, but like, you know, listening to bands or, or discovering new music or like, do you have anything that you do to keep your creativity to, um, you know, I don't know. I, nothing specific that I can put my finger on. Like I said, I try and stay up on things. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, and I'm, even though probably 75% of what I listen to is all progressive. So, yep. Yep. you know, dream theater, um, circus Maximus, oh, pagans mind, um, Andromeda, um, you know, bands like this, um, you know, Tesseract. Have, have um, you, have you, sorry to cut you off. Have you heard of the band Arion? Yes. They, yes. they do just big epic stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I still, you know, I still like to listen to, you know, like today I had, I was listening to Earth, Wind and Fire. You know, I love, you know, I still love a lot of that, um, you know, a lot of R&B and, uh, you know, a lot of the old funk stuff. Um, sure. And even, you know, some more traditional jazz, um, you know, that I, I, you know, a lot of classical, um, you know, I, I've always said that I think, I think John Williams is probably like the Beethoven of our time. He absolutely you know, is. When, when he you look, absolutely is. You know, when you look back on the stuff that he's written, yeah, you know, it's just amazing. Um, but I think it's just that it's always, there's always, maybe, maybe the thing that keeps me going is that there's always music in the background, almost regardless of what I'm doing, whether it's, Very cool. whether it's, you know, working in the yard or making dinner or whatever, you know, I'll put something on, yeah. you know, and even when you're listening, you know, listen to stuff, you can, you know, you'll hear what they're playing, but then your brain's working like, you know, oh, well, what if, what if it, if I add this little line in there and you can pull those little lines out and write kind of like your own stuff. Sure. You know, just that's inspired. That's, that's actually you know, inspired by, you know, different stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've never been one to, for the most part, to learn things like note for note. Um, so I'm, at like a jam, I I really suck because they're like, we'll play this song. I'm like, I don't know that one. Mosier Mosier hates it because they're like, you know, we'll come over. We'll play. How about this one? How about that one? I don't know that one either. I don't know that one. You know, um, I just never learned a lot of songs. Um, but they could tell you, you know, it's one four five. It, right? Gee. Yeah, yeah. If you want to, if you want to just, if you want to do something like that, you know, yeah. you play something, you know, something bluesy. Then yeah, you can figure my way through that. Um, but um, you know, I just never learned kind of Song, a lot of songs yeah. a lot of songs that way um which i don't know if it's if that's a good or a bad i don't know if, yeah i i don't i don't either i mean when definitely when i was starting to play i i learned a lot of songs uh-huh. you know when when i was when i was first i i didn't have like i always wanted to play music and i started playing clarinet and then piano before even guitar or bass or anything um and played guitar first after that and i always wanted to play but it never came like it looked like it as easy as it came to other people i should say i don't know if it necessarily didn't come to me as easy Mm -hmm. but from like my little brother is arguably the best bass player i've ever known and and he's two and a half years younger than me and he is just he picked it up 
and he just it just, it just came, came out, out of him. Yeah. And and when he but music in general, he he was able to figure out. He was we had an old you know like our old Windows ninety eight computer, two Windows two thousand old computers. He had a a basic program, but sixteen bit or thirty two bit or whatever it was, where he could actually. Uh, compose music and then hear it back and so he would pull out you know he'd make big 16 20 piece orchestra sets and put in the timpani and the drums and then all the woodwinds and all the brass and have the strings come in and compose them all and make all these stuff and 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 he was doing that from an early age and just astounded by theory and understanding and then when he got to be able to play he just picked up a bass and all of his fingers worked and on both hands and he could just, you know, Cliff Burton, Les, Les Claypool, uh, Justin Chancellor, like these kind of like just monster play. I mean, he emulates all that stuff. And then huh. he started his own stuff and, you know, um, and then now he doesn't, you know, he has a kid now and two kids and he doesn't play. Huh. But the just, I mean, he could pick it up and he plays yeah. faster and better than me. And yet, so I just learned a lot of songs. You know, I was listening early Metallica, of course, you know, Megadeth, Pantera, mm-hmm. Iron Maiden. And then, you know, you get in, I got into before Dream Theater, even Floyd and Zeppelin, then Yes. And then, you know, Emerson, Lake and Palmer and, right. and, and older Prague and, um, you know, trying to learn and understand the way that they made their songs work. Right. And, I think for me, it that was what broadened my ability to write songs creatively was learning all of these other songs. And, and for me, it had to be more of hearing, I, you know, so I, I don't necessarily think that not learning songs doesn't hurt if you have the natural ear for hearing it and being able to replicate that sound. Yeah. And that's, and I've, I've done it where if I hear something in a song, then I'll go and seek out like that part. Like, okay, sure. so what did they do in order to get that particular sound? Yeah. You know, um, you know, or chord progression or something like that. But, um, I said, nothing ever drove you to, to, no, to I mean, learn played, theirs. You just did it. Your yeah. Own. And even, I mean, I played in a cover band for like seven years up here and I'd learned the song and I'd learned the kind of the, catch part of the solo you know the identifiable part that people always want their lick yeah and then i would play my own thing you know sure um you know but uh i I, I don't know it's just one of those things where you know i can go in you know pick out what i want and i don't really pay much attention to the other stuff as far as learning the songs um so i don't know i said you know i I don't know and i don't know if that's if that it probably hinders your vocabulary a little bit because you don't, you know, if you learn in other people's stuff, you know, it's kind of moving your fingers in ways that you're, you not might not have created, created yourself. yourself. Sure. And so it kind of helps with your vocabulary, I would think. Um, and even just the maybe finger independence, but it, you don't fall into the same ruts like I did earlier this year where I just, yeah. But um, at the same time, don't you think though that learning, you know, and that's what I wonder about myself a lot in which I, when I, you know, I took a bit of time off bass and coming back to it and, and I, I really stopped li- when I'm listening to songs, I stopped listening to bass lines and songs now because I was wor- like having learned so many songs. I'm like, when I'm creating a lick here, 
am I doing this finger pattern because it's something I've learned from somebody else? Or am I coming up with, you know, the way I do a hammer off on to this other note? Right. Is that a lick that I've learned already or is yeah. it me? And I, I think that maybe not having learned all that stuff lets the vocabulary be truly yours. Yeah. And we actually had a review on for Curse Invoked where, you know, the guy had looked up some of our stuff and it said, you know, well, you know, they say that they have, you know, that, you know, Santana and Rush and Kiss and you know, these guys are their influences, but I don't hear any of that in their music. And it's like, well, you know, I don't want to, uh, they're an influence. Yeah. You know? It doesn't mean you sound it like them. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I want to go and, you know, sound just like them. True. You know, if I want to sound like them, like we have, we actually have a song on the new CD coming out. Um, it's called rushing around and it's, I mean, like a is, rush song. It is a, it is, a, it is absolutely, you know, I mean, not, I'm not gonna say a, a rush ripoff, but it is, you listen to it and you go, Oh, they were listening to rush for this song. Yeah. You know, and, it, yeah. and you have that kind of play on words and you know, it's in, it's in a major key where we're usually in a minor key. I was going to ask major yeah, triplets. Yeah, yeah. And it, um, you know, so you hear that and there's one other, there was another song, um, uh, we have called Nazca lines that, you know, I was listening to Interesting uh, uh, a lot of the rush from like, uh, like Presto and Grace Under Pressure and all that. Yeah. And it has that kind of a vibe to it. I was like, Oh, that's me. You know, cool. You know, the big suspended chords and that kind of stuff. Like, you know, kind of go in that vein, you know, but if you listen to the whole song, you're not going to go, you, you know, you might pick up a little bit Influence here and there. Here and there yeah. Right? But it's not like we're out to sound like Rush, somebody. Yeah, right. of course, of course. You know, the next chart, you know, that was one thing that, you know, the engineer said was that, you know, he doesn't think that we sound like, as far as the bands that he's produced and stuff, he says, you know, you guys don't sound like anybody else. That's and I was like, well, that's good and bad. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think that's, you know, far times more positive than negative, man. Uh, I, I, you know, the, the, the one thing I'd never want to hear is another, I, I don't want to hear another Nirvana come up. I don't right. want to hear right. another, you know, uh, I mean, it, pick a band. You don't, you don't want to hear just version 2.0 of that band anymore. Right, right. And, and so to, to be your own sound, you know, now, I, I don't know. I, we struggle with that ourselves with, with fighting silence and things that we've done is we didn't really sound like other people, but at the same time, you, you always asking yourselves, are we relatable? Right, right. Like, Which, do, do you want commonality, and or do you just want to do like, do you want to do the like, and you know what we've we've said this name a thousand times tonight, but Rush didn't try to sound like anybody else, no, no and, and they never tried to change their sound to do it, no. and finally, they have a fan base that's worldwide, and, and right. you know it didn't. And, and we've when the guys and I have had this discussion because it's actually funny that. Uh, I brought in this song and it's, it's, you know, acoustic guitar in the front and some other stuff and you know, the slower song. And, um, our drummer was like, you know, God, it's not really earth to ashes. And I was like, well, what's earth to ashes, you know? And one thing that happened when Larry left and we became a three piece was I think our, we were able to broaden, you know, kind of what we could play where with the two guitars, you were kind of going for that, 
not necessarily power metal, but kind of more, still more that Queen's right side yeah. with the guitar harmonies and, and you're, you know, just that style. Where now it's three piece, we kind of, we're much more on the King's X rush side of things where we just kind of play what we play. Um, yeah. And uh, so we were listening back to some of our um, rough mixes with the vocals and he's saying, you know, hey, you know, God. You know, Reactor Gone Bad is just, it's my favorite so far. And I was like, dude, that's a song that you said wasn't an Eric to Action <laughs> song. And he goes, yeah, funny how that happens, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's just nice to be able to kind of play, you know, whatever, you know, because that's what I told him. I was like, what's Earth to Ashes? Earth to Ashes is whatever comes out of my head that day, you know, and I don't have, I don't have any, any um, boundaries Right, you know, and no guideline as, either that like so no, you have to stick to no right, walls right. to like keep in. Right, and that was the thing was you know I, I would tell myself I mean look at Rush you know early Rush that eighties you know Presto Aggression or Pressure and what they are now Clockwork Angels you know it totally yeah. different you yep. know and you um you know so it's just kind of this evolution of whatever comes out you know I say King's X is another good example they just played whatever Power Trios you know? have always been my favorite. I think as far as cohesion in a band, like you can get so many good sounds out of big four and five piece, six piece bands and get all these big sounds and orchestrated, but something about three instruments, three voices max, and just the kind of the, what can be done big, but as simple as possible. One big mind, uh, lost lonely boys. Uh huh. They're well, fabulous in concert. Oh man, are yeah. they amazing! Yeah. And it's just three dudes, right? And like you guys do all of this, right? Uh, you know, ZZ Top, another one. Yeah, Winer Dogs, another one. Like the, the, you know, there's sounds that just I I think that only trios can pull off. I don't know. It's it's kind of, yeah. You know, and the nice thing too is that it didn't have things didn't have to be quite so orchestrated. You know, where with the two guitars, you know, you had to... You don't want to step on each other's yep, toes. Yep, you don't, yep. you know, if, if one guy's playing on the first position G, well, you don't want to hit three of the four notes that he's hitting or, right, you know. Right. So how, let me invert it and go up here or what, however that works. Yeah. 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 So it's been, you know, the, the trio thing has been, it's been cool, you know. And then we did, we've been doing more acoustic shows. And that's been a big challenge too, just to kind of, you know, bring the songs down a yeah. little bit. Um, but it definitely lets you know when you have a good song, because if you can just strum, strum it a on a guitar, guitar yeah. and, and sing, then, you know, it, it works really well. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. There's just something to that, you know? Um, and, you know, it's, it's helped our vocals a lot, I think, too, because there's, there's nowhere to hide, man. No. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, that's, that's the beautiful thing. There's not a wall of sound you can sit behind. <laughs> right, right. You know, cool. you have to, have to be on pitch. And, that's it. You know. Well, uh, yeah, man. I, I want to I wanna get into this last song here. Um, we're going to play off the, uh, the a deep cut on this album. Um, and, and for me, this is probably in my top three of Dream Theater's prettiest songs they've ever written, ever. Um, it's it's, it's going to be The Spirit Carries On. Mm -hmm. um, and f for people out there, all you've heard so far from what we've played here is 
big, long, moving, kind of progressive sounding stuff. Um, we listened to Octavarium was the last album we listened to and we played their heavy tracks. And then, you know, this is kind of probably going to be a different side than you've ever heard before for you listeners. Um, and it just, I think it well kind of rounds out what dream theater can bring right. in, in accessible ex- being accessible. Cause for me, this song is, I think this song should be on the radio, man. I think it could be, but you know, that's just me. I think a lot more dream theater should be on the radio <laughs> than it is. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so we're going to hop into this song spirit carries on and then we'll be back here shortly to, uh, end out this show. keyboard usually just sits there being behind my drum set most of the time. Gilmore. Yeah. Just a chord structure. Yep. 
If only James could still sing like this. He's singing better. He had like a dip for a while. Yeah. It's coming back. I think he just realizes that he doesn't have the range. So, you know, they play some songs a step down or a full, you know. Yeah. They tune down a little. If if you listen to um, the Russian Rio, they're tuned down. Yeah. And he hits the notes for that. Right. You know. Yeah. But I mean, I I know it. Yeah. So there's there's no way I can hit that high B at the end of... uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, which I used to be able to hit the high B way, way at the end. Yeah, really? I can't, I can't get near it anymore. No. Just too many years of yeah. crashing my voice. So. That's it. Which is, it's, it's nuts, you know, there's to, to, to have that vocal, to, to have the vocals last the whole time. You know, a lot of people say by, by 50, your vocals, like you're, you've you matured all the way. Surrounded by brilliant yeah. The, you know. the one guy that still sounds great, Dave Medichetti from Y&T. That guy's voice—it's yeah. never changed. Seems like, yeah, you know, he's, he's phenomenal, pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. But since we're doing Dream Theater, I get to tell my quickly my two JP stories. Oh, please, so I met him please. twice. <sighs> um, and the first time I went total fanboy, and oh um, my yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> um, so it was both times I met him was at Nam, and so uh, went total fanboy. My wife was with me. And I was like, you know, I take my picture, da 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 da. And she took a picture. It was like super blurry. And we're done. And she goes, You never told them your name. And I introduced her. Yeah. You know, and just like, you know, it's all stupid tongues, which is really weird because I grew up around a lot of um, professional athletes and, you know, the famous people that I don't normally get that way around people. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so then I met him again a couple of years ago at Nam. I was standing watching um, Bernie Williams, the old Yankee, yep. um, who's a f- phenomenal guitar player. I had no idea. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. It sucks that you know he gets all this. Not only good guitar player, but you know a Hall of Fame you know center fielder. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, you know I'm standing there and I saw Maddie come up and stand next to me. JP's tech. Yep. I'm thinking, okay, well, if Maddie's there, it means John's here. So I started, it was right when the, um, when the JP2 came out. Okay. And so I start talking to Maddie about the amp and then John Harris are talking about the amp. So then John chimes in about, you know, I'm asking him questions, much more professional <laughs> this yeah. time around. Um, but then, uh, when I, when Bernie was done, you know, and him and John had been making eye contact through the show. And so when Bernie was done, he was trying to make his way to go see John. And people were turning Bernie o- away from us to take pictures and whatnot, right? So I freaking I punched John in the shoulder. I'm like, bam! I go, that's what it's like when we try and freaking talk to you sometimes. And he just kind of looks at me like, you know, dude, just punch me. <laughs> and he goes, he's like, musician, professional athlete, two completely different levels, you know. Wow. But uh, it was a much better interaction the second time the first time. The shoulder. oh yeah That's yeah just like awesome. bam you know hey buddy yeah dude you know um but he was totally cool about it you know that's awesome yeah 
Yeah, the only I I when I went some I didn't get to meet him, but my little brother went and saw him years ago now. Um, when they were on their uh, Breaking All Illusions tour, mm-hmm. and he went and saw him and did the whole meet and greet thing. And I've had forever this. I mean, probably since the movie came out, a little tiny replica pick of destiny. Uh-huh. You know, from uh-huh. Tenacious D Pick uh-huh. of Destiny. So I when he when my brother was leaving, he was getting on the plane, I ha- I pulled it out of his case. I said, Rusty, take this and have Petrucci sign it for me. And so I have a Petrucci signed Pick of Destiny. Oh, nice. And I keep it in my base case at all times. <laughs> and I'm like, it's 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 now is the pick of destiny. Yeah. Petrucci's touched it's, it. Yeah. So Yeah. Well, I, I keep um I had Satch sign my Flying in a Blue Dream CD. Oh, thing. beautiful. So that's always in my case. Yeah. You know, always. He did that one, and I had my Flying in a Blue Dream um, tab book. And he, he looks at it, he goes, this thing's seen some wear. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, man. Satch is good. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked G3 Tour this year. They're going to be doing a good America right, G3 right, Tour. Right, right, With uh, Phil Collin. And, Phil Collin. Yeah, and, which I thought was odd. But I did see some stuff from the um he did like a like a fantasy camp thing yeah and he was doing like a bunch of Def Leppard tunes like singing all the lead vocals and stuff so you know it should be kind of interesting yeah, yeah. to see him up there with yeah. Satch and yeah. and um who's the third think, one is it Vi no I think it's Petrucci it no. is Petrucci yeah. this year yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's Satriani or yeah, yeah Satriani so. Petrucci and Colin yeah yep so I'm I'm stoked for that I'm gonna try and get if Seattle or whoever they stop. I, they're in at the Elsinore in Salem. Oh, okay, that's where it is. Yeah, is it? In, it's either in Salem or Eugene. Salem, yeah, at yeah. the Elsinore. But I, I, I've, 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 you know, DVD wise, few G three. I love, yes. I love the stuff they do, man. So, yeah. um, with whoever is with Satch. Yeah. Um, but I want to see that live. That'd be some just. Yeah, and he's another one, just Virtue. a nice guy. Yeah. You know, you know I, there's been pretty lucky as far as, you know. Mean. Not, yeah, just not having anybody, except for that one that from last <laughs> week. Um, <laughs> we had a run in with him a few years ago. But anyway, um, but yeah, everybody's been really cool. Um, you know, and actually really looking forward to Nam again, because that's you just kind of get to, you know, you're all on the same level. Yeah, yeah. It's all just, you know, for the most part, you're all just musicians. You know, but there's been funny times too where I was standing with uh, a guy and he's introducing me to these people. You know, this is so and so, so and so, so and so, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, you know, and we're talking music and blah, blah, blah. And as we're walking away, he goes, You have no idea who those people are. And I was like, No. And it was like a couple of the gar- guitar players from Meshuga, um, a guy from uh, Mastodon. And I'm like, Yeah, I have no idea. Wow. You know? yeah. And actually, there was another guy that we're standing there talking to him, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, well, you want a picture? And I'm like, okay, sure. I'll take a picture, you know, and uh, take a picture. And as I'm walking away, I was talking to my buddy. I was like, who the hell is that? You know, and he goes, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Uh, it'll come to me in a minute. But uh, it was the guitar player for, our, I looked at him. I was like, I don't know who that is. And he goes, um, this is a guitar player for, um, uh, Oh shit, D. Snyder's band. Oh, uh, Twisted Sister. Twisted Sister, yeah. And I go, that's not J.J. French. He goes, no, the other guitar player. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, they had two. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I wait. I didn't even know Twisted Sister had two guitar players. Yeah, they had two guitar players. Wow. Yeah. 
I learned I learned two amazing things tonight. Twisted Sister had two guitar players, and Stone Temple Pilots was from San Diego. San, yeah, I think they're from San Diego. Yeah, they're from, from California, California. Anyway, yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Fucking uh, a man. Yeah. Yeah, but wow. it was just kind of funny. I was like, I have no idea. Yeah. But Angelo, on the other hand, Angelo, he's he's amazing. We walked into the Yamaha thing one year, and they had like fifteen drummers set up. He goes, "Who do you recognize?" I'm like, nobody. And he went down the line. This is so and so, blah blah blah, blah blah blah, blah blah blah. He, I think he named all but maybe one. Really? We were in the main hotel. Just knows him. Yes, he. We're in the main hotel, and he goes, "Oh my God, it's so and so." And I'm like, "I got nothing for you." He goes, "The drummer from Blondie." I'm like, one. How do you know who the drummer from Blondie is? <laughs> I mean, was there anybody besides Debbie Harry? That's all I was worried about. Was <laughs> no Debbie kidding. Harry. And. Why would you recognize him 40 years later? You know, he's like, oh my God. And he went over and said hello. And I was like, okay. Way wild. Yeah. Man. If they're not a guitar player or singer, for the most yeah. part, I have no idea who they are. Same. No idea. A few bass players. I've, I've started getting yeah. looking at those guys. But yeah. But drummers? Part, no. No. Mm-mm. Unless it's MP or, <laughs> yeah. you know, somebody or, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, Neil Peart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Other than that, yeah, probably not going to know who they are. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Sorry, all. drummers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get. <laughs> oh, Matt, man, well, this was this has been a fun fucking conversation, yeah. man. Thanks for the stories and you know. Yeah, rocking out some that's, DT that's what together. When you get old, you get a lot of stories. Hey, that's that's good, man. And uh, where where are you guys playing next? Anytime soon? Uh, no, we have nothing on the books. We have four more songs to do vocals on, and then that CD is done. Then it just goes to mix and master. Cool. We're doing. It's we're we've been pretty good. The first I think this has thirteen songs on it, and we did the first eight, um, basically two sessions. Oh, that's good. Um, so it was like two, like ten hour sessions. We're knocking out four songs, and that's you know total uh, yeah. layers, yep. doubling a lot, you know, singing it over and over and over and over. Um, but uh, so we're hoping that we have one more session left of vocals. These ones are songs that we are a little rougher on as far as your range, as far as you know, what we're actually going to do vocally. So it may take two on that, but. You know, that's why we're hoping to get it out by the end of the year. And then next year, I'm hoping just to – we didn't play hardly at all this year. So hopefully we'll get – Big year know, of 2018. Yeah, yeah. Push the album out. Um, you know, I'm hoping to get like you know 60 to 70 dates. Oh, good deal. The, we've, I think the most we've done is like 28 in a year, um, which is – you know, that's not too bad. That's twice a month. Yeah. You know, um, but I want to get, you know, more – more of the acoustical sets in and then do just Good. more two shows over the, you know, two weekends, do two shows a weekend, stuff like that. So Beautiful. Beautiful. So we'll see. Cool, man. Well, we'll uh, see. where are you guys on Facebook, Earth Ashes, yep, other Earth things? Ashes. Um, uh, we're on Instagram. Okay. Um, Facebook. We, I'm we're going to be redoing the website. So the website's down till, yep. till further notice. Um, cause we want to get, um, uh, more, integrate kind of more of a store in there too sure. um especially with the cd coming out you know it's actually a, it's kind of, it's amazing and kind of creepy all at once how you get these requests you know all of a sudden someone's you know emailing you from russia or they're buying stuff in you know we sold a bunch of stuff in greece and ireland and you know and i'm like how do you how do you people even know about us you know yeah yeah um, 
you know, and we had like, uh, even on some, actually someone found us on like a, like a, what's it called? The torrent site where the torrent. Yeah. yeah. So that, you know, it's free downloads. I'm like, why would, why would our shit be on some free download site? You know, it's piratable, man. You guys yeah. are, you guys it are hot. Crazy. And then, um, we had a guy from, I want to say he was from Greece and he like set up our page on like that metal encyclopedia or whatever. We had and a then, French guy call, contact us one time. And he, no one that. even contacted us. They just, all of a sudden, the, the page, page is there. Yeah. And then it was updated by some guy in Colombia. And I'm like, you know, whatever. I sent them both shirts. I'm like, dude, thanks. You know? Totally. I totally appreciated that you, know, you guys took the effort to, you know, do this. And you know, here's a couple of free shirts, you know? Excellent. Um, but, yeah, it's it's kind of cool when you get those requests in from, you know, you know other parts of the, the world. Totally. Because, you know, you're not... Portland's a weird town. Yes, we are. So, you yeah. know, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll, of those 60 dates, we'll probably only play Portland like maybe twice. Good. You know, three times maybe. Yeah. So just, you hear all that out there, PDXers, Portlandites, <laughs> hit these guys up, man. Earth to Ashes, they're local, they're great. Go back, check out all their stuff. You guys on iTunes, buy that stuff. Yes, yes. Go on, on iTunes, iTunes, buy their album, feed CD these guys. Baby, Amazon. There you go. There you go. Yeah, that's all. All that stuff's all there, downloadable. We have, I don't, I don't even have a physical copy of Curse Invoked. My wife does. I don't. So, but it's all, all like, you know. Available. Do you guys have any on vinyl? Put anything nope. out on vinyl yet? Nope. Nope. No vinyl. So we'll see. And, and, yeah. and you know, I don't know. Even with this one, I don't know if we're going to do a whole CD or if we're going to release a couple songs here and there as we go right. along through the year. You know, it kind of depends on how For things sure. go. Well, again, man, thank you. That's hey, great. I'm looking for forward to in. seeing you guys it. and all you guys out there. Uh, you know, keep your eyes peeled. Earth to Ashes, they'll be coming out with a record like you heard it either begin into this year or beginning of next year. Tough album to remember. Earth to Ashes. Earth to Ashes. It's, Are you self-titled? So, this one will be self-titled. It's going to be beautiful. Black. It'll be a black CD with just our logo on the front. That's it. Easy, simple. Yep. Easy, simple. I like that. Yep. Easy to merch off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good yep. man. And we have a cool logo. So you, you guys do have a really bitchin' logo. <laughs> you do. All right. Well, thank you, buddy. Okay. Thanks a lot. Yep. And uh, for all you guys, weirdos, you freaks out there, thanks for tuning in to another episode of A Journey Through Time and Stuff. Netherlands, uh, you guys keep listening every week. We love it. Let us know who your Dutch freaks are. Um, Japan, you guys are in there too. I hope you understand what we're saying, man. I don't know. I don't even know how to talk about that. Anyways, uh, we will be back next week. Uh, we have David Clark, a buddy of ours from around here, the gym, EDM guy, does a lot of cool online music stuff and uh, makes his own videos. So we'll be here talking about that guy next week. Anyways, have a great week. Uh, gargle balls and drive like you know each other. <laughs>